You're listening to the Avenue Church Podcast. Our desire is that this message will inspire you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. For more info and to connect with us, visit us online at theavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Thank you for joining us at The Avenue, whether you're here on the campus or online. We are starting a new series called What's Controlling You? And we just happen to be starting this series on National Mental Health Sunday, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we planned this long ago because there's a lot of things that go on in our hearts and our heads that cause us all kinds of problems. And maybe you've never dealt with anxiety. Maybe that's never been part of your life story. And maybe you've looked at a, a teenage boy and thought, how can you be anxious? You have no bills to pay. You live with your mom and dad. You know, you're looking at already a little skeptical. Well, I can tell you from experience, my first bout of anxiety started in the third grade. And I just went back to my 40th, it's hard to even say it, 40th reunion from high school. So you young people, I'm older, just a little older than dirt. But I went back, and I haven't been in Palestine in years since, since my father passed away years ago. And I was driving around, and all the memories were flooding in, and, and we were looking. And I remembered they had this old high school called Reagan High School. And it had stopped being the high school, but it was three stories tall with a basement. It had a, uh, a basement gym. It was a huge building. And so I went to first and second grade in this small setting. I had one teacher for first grade and one teacher for second grade. And then Palestine got the bright idea to put the third and fourth graders in this old high school. And they didn't only put us in this old high school, they decided that we could switch classes every period like they did in the older classes. So you had seven teachers and you had to navigate around this old building, like I said, three stories tall, and it had a very unique feature that not a lot of buildings have. It actually had bats that it'd make in a home in this building. So there are times in the hallway that everybody would scream, the teacher would just say, duck, and a bat would fly down the hallway. I wish I was making this up. But this is the school. So I remember moving from that little environment into third grade, and I didn't know what was going on, but every morning... My stomach hurt to the point that it cramped and I thought I had something horribly wrong with me. And then I started noticing that we would turn the corner to the school and my stomach would begin to cramp up and I would be sick. And I'm not, not just not wanting to go to school. I mean, literally sick as a third grade boy having to go to the bathroom sick. I was miserable. And I remember, you know, my mom and dad, you know, called it a nervous stomach. And so I had to learn to deal with a nervous stomach. And so anytime something would come up, any changes, my stomach would just go into this horrible spin and I would be so sick. And I remember first years in ministry, I lived with Pepto-Bismol on my desk and I would just chug that Pepto-Bismol all the time. But something happened in the process of that. I learned some very valuable lessons and I wanna share some of those lessons with you. But before I do that, I want to pause and say something about mental illness. Because we talk about mental health and mental health is important. It's something all of us need to focus on. It's something that has been ignored for far too long. And there are some things with mental health that you can do to protect yourself. But there are some things with mental illness that you cannot do on your own. 
And I want you to hear that because I think for too long, the church has stood and told people with mental illness, if you just have more faith in God, you'll be okay. If you'll just give it to God, if you just pray more, if you just, that's not true. There are some mental illnesses just like any other disease, just like cancer in the body. If you got cancer in your body running 10 miles, it's not gonna fix it. If you have mental illness, thinking good thoughts is not gonna fix it. So please hear me as I speak this morning. I think there are some things that are very overprescribed, but for some of us today, mental illness is real. And yes, listen to what I say. Take some advice, follow the scripture, do those things, but also keep seeing your doctor, keep seeing your therapist, keep taking your medicine. I wanna make that clear so we don't have any misunderstandings. So back to this mental health, back to these emotions. Now, some of you, like I said, you haven't experienced it because you have no emotions. <laughs> you have learned to lock them away. Now, I've said this before for guys, you know, two emotions, hungry, horny, that's it. That's all they got. <laughs> A lot of the, if you're new here, that is a normal thing for me to say. If you brought your children under 12, that's on you. I'll just say that up front. But ladies, a lot of times you show us your emotions. And, and you know, men, one of the worst things we can say when somebody, when a lady tells us this is how they feel, have you ever made the mistake of saying you shouldn't feel that way? That's a death sentence right there. You just don't say it. But I want you to know, Everybody in this room has emotions, and even though you may hold them in, they're all bursting and they're doing things. I've read statistics that says 80% of illnesses are psychosomatic. We're talking ourselves into being sick. We are stressing ourselves into being sick. We're having anxious thoughts so much that we're actually literally making ourselves sick, and I experienced that. Physical illness due to what I was thinking. And so you're gonna hear this all through this series. You're gonna be sick of hearing it, but I want you to understand that feelings follow thoughts. Well, I can't control how I feel. These things are from the outside. It's the economy, it's the news, it's COVID, it's my marriage, it's my children, it's my job. All those things are what's controlling me. That's what's causing me to be anxious. And I'm here to tell you today, it is not from the outside that you feel anxious. It's not from the outside that you feel depressed. It's not from the outside that you have any of those things. It's all from your thoughts. Thoughts control your feelings. You cannot control your feelings. You are correct in saying this but you can control your thoughts. And what you think of, what you think about is what dictates what's going on. There's several books and I've read some of these and I wanna suggest them to you if you wanna deal with what's going on in your head. Jenny Allen just spoke at our women's event not long ago and she's wrote this book called Get Out of Your Head. It's a great perspective on trying to get control of the thoughts that are shaping your emotions and your feelings. John Acuff is a very popular writer. He wrote the book Soundtracks, and it's the same idea. There are these soundtracks playing in our head over and over and over, and they're all telling us things, and we wake up every morning, and we see these things going on in our hearts and in our minds. When I was a high school counselor at a camp, I was uh, working at a camp and they'd give us kids each week and those kids would come in and we would teach them the Bible and we'd do things with them. I remember seeing one young man, he was, uh, he was grossly overweight. He was not what you call attractive. But every morning when I was getting ready, he would wake up and he would walk in to the mirror and he would say horrible things about himself. 
He would talk about how ugly he was. He would talk about how fat he was. He would talk about nobody is ever going to love him. And I thought to myself at that point, this poor young man, this poor young man. Now, but honestly, aren't the soundtracks in most of our heads the same? I mean, we may not say it out loud, but when we look in the mirror, don't we normally see what's wrong? When we start looking inside, when we start in those quiet places, I mean, the soundtrack is not, is not you are good looking, you are smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. That is not, only those over 40 caught that. That's an old saying, not live. <clears throat> that is not what's going on in our hearts, in our heads. Uh, the soundtracks that we have in our head are, is you're not good enough. You will never measure up. If they knew you, they wouldn't like you. And those play over and over and over. And so no wonder our physical body is worn down. No wonder we are tired. No wonder we are struggling. So what do we do? The Bible tells us, and listen, this is not new. This has been going on forever. God created man. Man hasn't changed. We've gotten smarter in some ways, but God had a plan. And this is what he said about our minds. In Romans 12, two, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to this world. Don't think like this world thinks. Don't focus on what this world focuses on. Be transformed. And how are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Paul knew the best way to combat the world around us was not to try to conform to it, but to transform our mind. And that starts with your thought life. You change your thoughts and you change your life. And I know you're skeptics. I understand that. Some of you, the world is coming at you and you say, you can say that all day long, but positive thoughts is not gonna change my environment. The world is coming at me. I have real troubles. And I'd say, I agree completely. In fact, Jesus even promised you that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. That is not the point. Yes, things are gonna come at you, but you can transform your mind by the things that you think about, the things that you focus on, the things that you look at. Now, for some of you, you need to understand that you're filling your mind with garbage. When I was a youth minister, they used to have a saying, garbage in, garbage out. Well, that's true. For many of you, you're filling your mind constantly with all this stuff. And you're borrowing problems. You're bombarded every day. Everything around us is negative. The world is falling apart. COVID-38 coming to kill you. <laughs> you watch the news media. Their job is to make you anxious. Have you noticed that? Everything the news reports is to make you anxious, to make you upset, to make you worried because the people that bought the commercials are selling drugs to give you, to help you with your anxiousness. And so you're getting all this and you're taking all this in and you're battling the world and this says, listen, stop conforming to that. Stop watching that. Stop looking at that. I want you to see that God is in control. So let's transform our minds from the inside. How do we do that? How do we renew our mind? In 2 Corinthians 10, 14, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now hear this. The weapons that we have at our disposal as followers of Christ can destroy whatever stronghold has been built in your life. So if you're anxious, if you're stressed, if you're dealing with depression, worry, fear, anger, bitterness, those are strongholds, aren't they? Those are things in your life that you run to. That's what a stronghold is. Whenever your life gets tough, you run to that. Men, what do you run to? Yeah. 
anger. It's so much easier to be angry than it is to be hurt. What do we run to? Fear. What do we run to? Bitterness. Those are strongholds. But in Corinthians, he's explaining, hey, we have power to demolish those. We can demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. How do we do that? We take captive every thought. In other words, we think about what we're thinking about. We take captive that thought before it gets cranked up in our brain. We take captive and then we make it obedient to Jesus Christ. How do you do that? When that anger comes, we make it obedient to Jesus. When that fear comes, we make it obedient to Jesus. When that bitterness comes, we make it obedient to Jesus. When that anxiety comes, we say, cast our fears upon God. We do the things in our minds to transform it and to break down those strongholds in our life. You can do that by captivating your thoughts. Don't let them run free. They will mess you up. They'll mess you up. How quickly can a good day be turned bad? And then you just start spinning and spinning and spinning. And pretty soon you have created a cyclone of negativity in your heart. And your emotions follow. Now this is normal. Like I said, this is not new. In fact, there's a guy in the Old Testament named David. I love this guy. He wrote these Psalms and I mean, you can see his heart. He is as honest and transparent and he messed up all the time. He still called a man after God's own heart after he committed adultery and killed her husband. This guy had some hangups, but he loved God. I wanted you to hear in Psalms 139, this is his thoughts. Once again, he is so honest and he starts with this. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. How precious to me are your thoughts. In other words, God, you think about me so much. And I know that's hard for us to wrap our mind around, but God thinks about you. He cares for you. It says if he were to number them, all the grains of the sand could not count the number of times God is thinking of you. When I awake, I'm still with you. Then all of a sudden, in the psalm, he starts looking around him and he begins to get caught up in what's going on. David had a rough life. He was a warrior. He had enemies at all sides. And he started out going, if only you, God, would just slay the wicked. People read that and go, what? David's just being honest. He's like, God, just, just slay the wicked. Away from me, all you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemy. Who that's strong. But then he stops. And in this next verse, he takes captive his thoughts. Listen to how it changes. He goes from destroy everyone to Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. Now, I want you to see what he did here. He saw the world around him, how it was coming at him. He saw the enemies of God, which were his enemies. He saw the people that were coming all from all angles. And he said, God, I wish you'd destroy them all. I wish you'd get rid of everybody. I wish, I hate those you hate. God, I want to just go out there and kill them all. But then he stops. He says, wait a minute. 
Let me settle down. Let's start with me. Search me, God. Is there something in me, God? Is there an offensive way in me? So I want you to understand today, dealing with anxiety, you are all responsible for your own anxiety. It's not the outside world coming at you. It's not the newscast. It's not the government. It's not your family. It's not your marriage. It's not your children. It's not your job. We are responsible for controlling that anxiety in our life. I went from having Pepto-Bismol on my desk to, to controlling that anxiety. How? By controlling my thoughts. By focusing on a few things. First of all, what I bring into my life. Intake what you bring into your life. If you're constantly bringing all this junk into your life constantly, you are going to never be able to control your anxiety. If you watch the 24-hour news cycle and see all of the things that are going on in the world on a constant basis, listen, our great-grandparents had it made. If something happened on the other side of the world, it took three weeks to find out. And then it was over. Now it's instant, and it's instant bad news constantly. And if that's not enough, you've got a device in your hand 24 hours a day, and it's just, you might as well call it Satan's pager. Because <laughs> he is paging you with anxiety. Constant. It's constantly going off in your pocket. The new iPhones have a new app you guys need to check out. Yep. There's two buttons you push and it goes off. Yep. <laughs> Best thing you can do. You want to control your anxiety? Turn your phone off. Stop letting it buzz in your pocket. Stop seeing what everybody's up to. Stop seeing what's going on in everybody's life. Stop comparing your life to other people. Stop looking at that thing 24-7 and watch what you're bringing into your heart because those things that you're bringing in, they come out. So far you bring in this anxiety. For many of you, there's imbalance in your life. There's too much imbalance in your life. You're saying yes to too many things. Do you know when you say yes to something, that means you're saying no to something else? There's a period in my life that I said yes to everybody and I was saying no to my family. I didn't realize I was saying no to my family. I was just out every night of the week. I was just at this person's house and watching this and going to this. My own children were neglected because I'd said yes to everything else in the world and I had to learn to say no. Some of you, you need to say no to some things. You need to say no. Your life is too imbalanced. It's, it's, it's horrible. I, I watch some of you, you raise kids like it's a competitive sport. How many things can my child be in? Oh, my child's in soccer and this and this. Come on, guys. Balance your life. The best thing the lockdown did is made some of you sit at home and eat with your family. And what happened when they lifted it? You went right back into the rat race. Most powerful word in the English language to balance your life. No. Some of you need to learn to say no. That'll control your anxiety. And then some of you, indecision. And, and let's be honest. I can cut this down quick. I don't even have to preach about this. Just make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to spend 20 minutes deciding whether you have a steak or fish. Just eat one. <laughs> You're going to eat again in you know, three hours anyway. Don't kid anybody. <laughs> when you walk into that closet... Don't worry about what shoes you wore Tuesday. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody saw them. Didn't nobody go, oh, they wore those shoes Tuesday. Nobody cares. Oh, that outfit was last year. Nobody knows. <laughs> and if they do know, <laughs> I'll leave it there. 
That's some imbalance right there, I'm telling you. We'll go back to imbalance. There's other things you can be dealing with than what the fashions are. I understand. I'm not one to talk. Indecision. And then here's a big one. It's hard not to be anxious if you're living a life without integrity. I want you to hear me. If you're living a double life today, that anxiousness comes naturally. If you've got two Facebook accounts, two Instagram accounts, you teenagers, if you've got a Snapchat for your parents to see, but you've got another one hidden, you can't live without anxiety. Men, you have a girlfriend. Ladies, you have a boyfriend on the side. You should have anxiety. If your integrity, if you're not living the life you say you're living, integrity is that doing in secret. What you do in secret that nobody knows, that's integrity. And if you have a double life there, don't expect not to be anxious. If you're living under the fear of being found out, you should be anxious. You can get rid of that, folks. You can fix that today. I encourage you to do that. Go wipe out those accounts. And then the final thing that causes anxiety is isolation. Way too many of you, and I'm talking to followers today, you're trying to follow Jesus in isolation. Following Jesus cannot be done alone. You need other people. You need to be connected. You need someone in your corner praying for you, helping you, carrying you through. We cannot do this alone. Jesus came on the scene. And when Jesus came on the scene, he addressed all these things. He talks about worry. He says, why do you worry about what you eat and drink? The birds of the air, the father takes care of them. How much more does he love you? He says, why do you worry about the clothes you're wearing? The lilies of the field are here today and gone tomorrow, yet they're dressed better than Solomon in all of his royal robes. Why do you worry about these things? And then he says the most important thing for you to hear, each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, that sounds easy. And I hope I haven't oversimplified it because it's not easy to capture your thoughts. It's not easy to get out of that negative pattern. It's not easy to get those soundtracks to stop playing in your heart and in your life. But I'm telling you, with God, he can transform your mind. He can renew your mind. If you will just simply pause long enough and take those thoughts and make them captive and think about the things that are true and noble and just and praiseworthy. Think about good things. And guess what happens in your life? Your emotions and your feelings will follow. I can promise you that. In these next few moments, I could take you into a dark place or I can take you to the light. All based on where you go with your thought life. And some of you are out here today and your anxiety is real. And you wake up every morning with your stomach hurting. And this verse in 1 Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety. Let him have it. I realized as I sat with Pepto-Bismol on my desk that the things I was worrying about, 90% of them never came to be. 
and the things that I stressed over so greatly. Great example. What am I preaching this week? I was so anxious. And then you know what I realized? This afternoon at three o'clock when the cowboys come on, you're not even going to remember what I said. You don't care. So you know what? I'm just going to be obedient to God and speak the word. And I'm not going to be anxious about what you hear. Many, many years ago, I stopped worrying about what you hear. I only worried about what I said. Because that's all I had to be faithful for. I stopped having those feelings of inadequacy. Feeling like everything was overwhelming me. That I took all this responsibility on myself. And now I just give it to God. I stopped trying to think, change things that I can't control. I can't control any one of you in this room. I'll tell you, I can't control my family. I wish I could. <laughs> if you only got one life to live, I'd like to live my kid's life. I mean, I'd like to tell them exactly what they need to do, but I can't control that. And so I had to let that go. I had to let that go. And you know what I found in my failures? You know what I found when I've really messed up? God's still there. I mean, he still loves me. When I've made horrible mistakes, when I've failed him so many ways, when I've disappointed him, when I've hurt my marriage, my wife, when, when I've just said things that were taken wrong or I meant them wrong, I don't know. My failures, God just seems to continue to provide and continue to love. I talked about those misplaced priorities. My anxiety stopped when I put my priorities in the right place and learned to say no. People ask a lot of times, you know, well, you don't preach at other churches. I sure don't. I say no. Why? I just want to preach to you. You're my church. And that's all I got time for with my family and all those grandkids. So I say no. And then I try to live today. I don't know what tomorrow holds but I know who holds tomorrow. So I want to encourage you this morning. You can't control how you feel. You can't control your emotions. But if you step back one step back and control what you think about, make it captive and give control over to God, I promise you, He'll find you. He will help you. And He will renew your mind and heart and you'll live this abundant, joyous life. Joy life. Thanks for joining us today. Our hope is that this message inspires you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. We'd love to hear from you and get you connected on your journey. Visit theavenuechurch.com slash connect to get started. To hear the latest from us, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.